Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm your host, Sarah. And this week on the show, we are recapping Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode one and two. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we're doing it while staring right into each other's eyes. I because, see your soul. Yeah, right. Because we're sitting here and doing this in person, mm-hmm. which the only other ever time we've done this, a fire alarm got pulled on us. So <laughs> maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign we shouldn't do this. But I feel very cool holding a microphone. I'm very excited to be here. And this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than probably a, a recap of two amazing episodes deserved. But we're here at the end of celebration. We got to pack and get home. So we're just grateful to have the opportunity to do this in person in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and like Kenobi's almost here again, like again, two more days. Yeah. We're really in crunch time at this point. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and in a couple of days, it's going to be halfway over. And then yeah. it's going to be like, where are the friends of the force episodes? So yeah. friends of the force were sleeping. Well, we retired after the fire <laughs> alarm. No more. No more no friends more. of the force. No more. It's over. Fire alarm said, nope, this is all on fire. Shut it down. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you like ready to make Obi-Wan Kenobi your entire personality? Yeah. Because yeah. I am. Yeah. Very excited. Um, this will be a spoiler yeah. episode, by the way. So if you yeah. haven't watched the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, do be warned because there's almost nothing we can really talk about. I mean, there's a s- couple things we probably could. But well, Obi-Wan Kenobi is in it. At the, yeah. If anybody did not know that. He doesn't die in any of these episodes. That's true. He does have more story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. Thursday was an interesting day at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> because That's an understatement. A lot of our friends got to go to the Obi-Wan red carpet. They did end up premiering the first two episodes at Celebration. And um, we had our Denny's meet up that night. So we went to that and you and I got back here. In, at midnight. In, uh, yeah, at midnight. Yeah, we were um, ready. Even though it dropped at nine. Yeah, we were ready for that midnight premiere. And then they were like, uh, psych, drop at nine. And our meetup was at 930. You can, this was complicated for us. This was complicated for us. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then we got back at 12 and we watched both episodes and we bawled our eyes out. Yeah. Crying with like delirium, Mm -hmm. but also joy, but it was a delirious sort of joy, you know, because we were exhausted. Yes. But, um, also another note, we will have a whole celebration recap episode coming out later. Yeah. You'll get the whole experience. So this is just, (laughs) this is just the Kenobi feels a kind of reaction sort of episode to Kenobi. So yeah. So this is a Kenobi keynote. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Official. Official. Yeah. Welcome to the Kenobi keynote almost forgot about that. It's been a long week. My yeah, brain, you're like, brain. I don't even know we had a series title. I got Celebration Brain. Yeah. So, Sarah, what are your thoughts on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? It's really good. Like, it's genuinely really good. And I was just so delightfully impressed by how it turned out. And... I am so excited to see the continua- continuation of the story. There is such a, a clear strength to the writing and direction of the show. Um, and there's actual meat for the actors to play around with. And I would do literally anything for little Leia. Mm-hmm. She is perfect in every single way. And uh, Jimmy Smith says Bail Organa was back. So you're not going to see me complaining anytime soon. No. I love that man. Yeah, I I, can show up in everything. That's okay with me. I was so shocked about young Leia, even though I had seen the leaks about young Leia and like Mm -hmm. I knew it was happening. I knew we were going to get Bale and Leia. 
Yeah. But to actually see it happen was like a whole nother thing, right? Because you and I were watching and like we're on tattooing and all of a sudden like we jump and it's like Alderaan. And like, and I just remember you. Lush and, and, and oh, it's stunning. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I just remember you being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like you're, you like, you started to kind of lose it. Cause you're like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. And like, we both kind of felt that. Right. And you see leia what we think is leia it turns out to be her friend playing you know decoy leia which it's a very padme thing of her it's to do such in a, a way padme thing of her right her own little sabe in a way um mm-hmm. but leia is like such an interesting thing to include in the show because like when we ask ourselves like what could take obi-wan off tattooing like of course it's the daughter right, right. not the son that he's watching over and i think when Bale tells Obi-Wan, you know, she's just as important as that boy. It was a moment to think, you know, we talk a lot about Luke Skywalker, but a lot about Luke Skywalker. It almost feels like a meta commentary of like, you know, Luke is not the only Skywalker that matters. You know, we've seen a lot of Luke in Mando and Book of Boba Fett. And I don't necessarily think the creators meant it in this way, but the line has some importance when you think about it in like larger context, a fandom context, uh, saga context like leia is just as an important of an element to the skywalker saga as is luke and for obi-wan to now be so closely tied to her you know for leia to eventually name her son ben after this ben that rescues her off dayu right is that the planet dayu Dayu. it's incredible it adds a whole nother level of understanding to the saga that we thought we knew yeah, I will genuinely say that I think that line is entirely intentional, not in, in the meta commentary sense, just as it is within like the capital B plot, because you're right. We do focus so much on Luke and Luke as the chosen one. And there are specific kind of like frameworks that Luke is modeled after. Right. When you think of the hero's journey um, and, and, you know, Joseph Campbell with the hero's journey did a lot of of like really interesting and and valuable frameworks, but they were specifically like written about men. And you think about the, when the show or not when the show, but when the movies originally came out, you're not seeing women lead, you know, action science fiction sort of stories. And, you know, you talk about like alien as like a huge kind of jumping off point um, for women as like action sort of heroes, science fiction sort of heroes. So like, I think a comment like that is entirely intentional and it was really powerful, like as a woman fan to hear because there has kind of been this reclamation of Leia and Leia's identity, uh, after the passing of Carrie Fisher, but also like, uh, an interesting kind of push for women in star wars which is something that continues and something that like obviously needs to continue um but yeah my point being i think it's entirely intentional i could have a whole conversation about that specific Mm -hmm. comment alone but this is a two episode recap so we have more to talk about and maybe i'll leave that to another another sort of episode yeah i mean i i think leia is just so wonderful the actress is so good she's so delightful and she's so spunky yeah she she really encapsulates exactly what you think anakin and padme's daughter would would be like and i love that we have jimmy smith's back as bail organa and like the moment on the balcony that, that they share um, is so powerful. You know, like we don't get a lot of daughter, mother, daughter, father relationships in Star Wars. So to sort of have that heart to heart. And then in a way, the, sh- the show is subverting the space dad trope that we've 
kind of found ourselves in for so long, right? Because you have Din Djarin and you have the Bad Batch. It's cool now to see the show subverting that trope and saying, actually, this is a show about a father and a daughter. And Obi-Wan is a father in the show. Um, It's wonderful to watch him meet the daughter of Padme and Anakin and like buy her gloves at the market when she says she wants them. And he's like, no. Okay, actually, how much are they? You know, and like he he kind of gives into it because Obi-Wan is a softie despite all of his mistakes. And at, at his heart, he does care about people and he is loyal and he will do what it takes. Like he's literally lived in Tatooine. Like we see that he lives in this hut. He's gainfully employed. He's gainfully employed. Yeah. Like he's set up shop. He has a kitchen. He has like his routine. He has a little droid that comes out. So we see an Obi-Wan who has lost a lot of hope, who is disconnected from the force and has done whatever he can to survive and carry out his mission so that eventually he can train who he thinks is the chosen one, which is Luke. And this show is saying, yes, that's important, but this is just as important. Leia is just as important to the cause, and she will become that in both the originals trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And, you know, Leia will eventually help Rey and help Ben. You yeah. know, turn to the light and save the galaxy from evil, right? So it all starts here in a way. Yeah. And I think what's so amazing about Ewan's portrayal as Obi-Wan and also the writing in that context is really that you can tell that he cares. And Owen, with his sickest burn of the century, um, which I mean, valid. Um, I mean, but we like even though Owen is saying that, and he's probably getting to something that is true in that comment. It's clear that Obi-Wan cares because he just wanted to give a toy to him in the night. You know, like he didn't even want to like be there necessarily, probably because he knew it would happen, but also but because he wanted to be connected. Despite his disconnection, he has a desperate desire to be connected. And so ultimately, after what happens with Nari, um, R.I.P. Benny Safdie in the Star Oof. Wars, it was so great to have you while we had you. We um, called it. We called it. You yeah, can recognize we were like, that that's Betty Safty. Yeah. And then we saw those those feet dangling, and I was like, well, that's a dead man right there. Um, but that was and- so interesting, too, is like, how much was Obi-Wan willing to protect his own identity by not helping another Jedi? And there's so few of them, right? Well, not only protect his own identity, but protect Luke at the same time. Right. Um, and you can tell that it like pained him not only to like not help Nari, but all or like, you know, yeah, not help Nari by showing what the force because he did give him give him advice on what he should be doing which is keep your head down don't you know don't contact right. me like i'm sorry but like this is what we have to do um but you can tell he also wanted to say something when the uh the employer shorted the worker in front of him you know he he's a person who desperately wants to care and desperately wants to connect because he's been alone for all this time after everyone he's ever loved is essentially dead and the only thing that he has is this commitment to qui-gon and this commitment to you know anakin and padme to care for luke um and so it's it's really kind of beautiful to see him his compassion and allow himself when he allows himself or has the ability to be compassionate like freely if that makes sense well yeah i mean that's the whole crux of the show like in the trailer and in the show we hear the inquisitors say like you know the, the jedi's compassion is their weakness their compassion leaves a trail right which is right? like such a holy i know i've talked about this before but like holy moly what a line yeah and it's also said within like the first five minutes of the show insane yeah insane i mean it's it's so critical though because i mean that's why it's so hard for the jedi to 
survive Order 66 um, because, yeah, it leaves a trail. As soon as a Jedi helps out, it's it's very easy to spot um, from an Imperial standpoint and maybe some citizens who want to make an extra buck and, and give the Empire a lead, right? And I think at the moment that Obi-Wan sees... Is it, it was uh, Nari? Nari, yeah. Nari hanging in the town square of Tatooine, which is so dark, so dark. It was very Jojo Rabbit of this move of this show. Yeah, and uh, ooh, yeah, okay. Well, the show is pretty dark. Like uh, yeah. Moses Ingram cuts off a hand of a citizen for yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It, it, it goes to some dark places, but there's the moment there where Obi Wan sees that, and I think this is right after he tells Bale he's not coming. And I think that's an important moment for him because he is seeing maybe maybe that could be me, you know, and or if maybe I, if, that could be the ones I love, right? That I still have left. Yeah, and if I sort of live this life of solitude and don't try to help out when it matters, like yes, ultimately I can't be as compassionate as I want to be because they'll find me. But the cause here matters more. And I need to rescue Leia. Or that could be me and this was all for naught. You know? So I thought that was a really important turning point. But it's also a turning point you recognize because of Ewan McGregor's acting. And you, like, he's just so good in the show. Like, I mean, we go a couple minutes to open without him even saying anything. Right? And you just, you, you gauge so much of where he's been at and where he's going to and, and what he's dealing with just on the nonverbal cues when we open episode one and see in the life of Obi-Wan as he's been living it. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that, the act with the acting. And I, I really, really think that's a credit to the incredible writing on this show. It has been emotional. It's been, it's been, you know, uh, quippy when it needs to be quippy. It's, it's been slow and methodical when it needs to be slow and methodical i think the writing on the show is really strong and when you have good writing you can let the actors play and i really do think that's what's happening here in the best way and so i'm i've been really really impressed with that and you can tell that everybody is is really digging their claws into their characters and like having fun with that um so that's it's it's really exciting um and i think it's good too when you have one creative you have deborah chow you have Joby Harold, and you really see that vision. And also, the episode's fifty-five minutes, so like, oh my god, they're longer. They're longer. Can we TV. can we talk about how them how them being longer is is so good? And 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 I'm not here to like criticize other stuff, but like I do think that a show like The Mandalorian could be stronger if there were a writing room, right. you know, like around around John and Dave. And I really think it's clear that like there was a clear vision, but also really capable people in every department to like make that all come to life in the right way. Um, so like that's, that's exciting. You know, it's exciting. And can I, can I pivot to talk about the incredible music from Natalie? Holt, oh yes. Um, who, who retweeted, uh, the petition, uh, that, that well, not re a real petition, but a, a tweet about like a petition to Natalie, have Natalie Holt write a star Wars music. Yeah. And she retweeted that today as of recording. And she was like, I can't believe this, this tweet was like less than a year ago. And, and now we're here. Yeah. And like, oh, I can't believe this tweet was less than a year ago. And now we're I here know. too. Natalie um, Holt, come on the pod, please. Serious, seriously though. Um, but like there were multiple times without between these two episodes where I was sitting here and audibly saying, Brad, the music is so good. It feels very, um, it feels 
stylistically similar to what John Williams has done in Star Wars while still being fresh. And it feels like perfectly fitted to this show and the tone of this show. And it's so clear to me that Natalie has gotten it right. And I cannot wait to like listen to the albums of this music in full because it's it's really excellent. And and like John Williams is Obi-Wan theme. Like I can't oh, wait to listen so a good. thousand more times because it's fascinating. It's genuinely really fascinating. And so, I mean, I all the pieces are coming together really, really well. So one thing I want to talk about with Kenobi is how immediately I, we, we both sort of recognize the parallels with Obi-Wan and Luke from Last Jedi. It yeah. was very apparent. And the show really paid uh, homages to so many other things in Star Wars. And it feels like Deborah Chow definitely did her homework. And I mean, you know, here we have Obi-Wan who is not necessarily fully shut himself off from the force, but just hasn't used it in quite some time and doesn't want to use it. And I'm sure that also helps him not get picked up by the Inquisitors. But he has just lost everything and he's disappointed in himself. And again, it just shows another instance of a very iconic character who is fallible and can fail mm -hmm. and has failed mm -hmm. and is now living with that failure that's why i think luke is such a interesting character in last jedi and now we get to see like the obi-wan version of that and it's so interesting to think that obi-wan is the one to set luke on his journey after what obi-wan went through and is going through in the show so then, like later in Luke's life, he goes through that same thing that Obi Wan went through, and it's Ray mm. to sort of come and take him out of that hole. And in this show, it's it's Leia taking Obi Wan out of that hole. It seems like it seems like it's setting up to give Obi Wan back his hope. And well, hope survives is the whole thing right. on this show. So yeah, right. Yeah. And I think Obi Wan starts out the show with no hope, and it's it's so interesting to think in the context of Leia saying help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope and in a way leia was obi-wan's only hope in this oh, show yeah you know yeah there's just so much poetry to that and i, I think it's just so important too for obi-wan to you know connect with like the feminine in a way like having leia like obi-wan lost a teen obi-wan lost ahsoka and he hasn't had that presence. Padme too. Like, Padme, yeah. Like I mean, he was there for her childbirth wanna, and her death. I don't want to like blame Obi Wan for the death of Padme, but like, if he wasn't there, she might not be dead. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I think he probably feels some guilt from that too. Yeah. So he's lost these three women in his life that each meant something to him in in such a profound way, and now. Here's this little girl who is helping him to recover something that he maybe thinks he could never have recovered mm -hmm. previously, you know, yeah. with where he was, right? Do you kind of sense that? And just, and also like with Luke, like Luke, Ray is a woman who comes in and, you know, Luke has lost his, his, his sister in a way because they don't talk. And here is Ray now kind of a trainee of, of Leia in a way coming to get Luke to take him off that island and say, Hey, there's still a spark there. You can help us. Yeah. You're a hero. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. Yeah. Really. And I think it's interesting 
And I mean, honestly, we've been so busy with celebration that we have not, you know, I think we haven't entered the online conversation at all. Apparently there no. are criticisms to this show. It's kind of nice actually we, not to enter the yeah, online like, what conversation. If, what if we stopped being on the internet? <laughs> um, but like it's, it's, it's been really nice, but apparently there are criticisms of the show. Um, but I guess I guess my thought is like, are the same people who com- were complaining about Luke's arc in the Last Jedi loving Obi Wan's arc here? I have some questions for those people, um, yeah, because I, I agree with you that there's a ton of of parallels there, and there's definitely this sense of like reclaiming um, that hope and that personal drive, and also the Force and like what the Force means to each of these characters. And and I think like Obi-Wan's going through that right now, especially like, as I was saying earlier, like he's a man who really like wants to be connected and wants to be compassionate. Like, I think that's like core tenets of who he is as a Jedi, but he can't be in this time period. And I think that's really was like a gut punch to him after Nari's death. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that he is on a journey to reclaim some of that for herself, even if it just still does mean spending 10 more years on Tatooine, you know? Obi-Wan is such a, a fascinating character and like, I'm just so happy we have the show. Um, and Ewan I, is so great. Yeah. His acting just says everything. And my, honestly, in my opinion, I know I haven't seen the full finished product yet. And we're just talking about these soul, these soul episodes on their own. The energy and the buzz around the show and my personal excitement. I even think your personal excitement. I have not felt this way since like pre last jedi into last jedi yeah there's just something so special about the show and i i I just really think it's for me it's like young leia so far um young leia is she's literally everything she's everything she's she's everything i have nothing of like intelligence to say about it i just think that she is yeah everything and she's emblematic of what star wars is at the end of the day and yeah i'd do anything for her if anybody's bullying her online um stop um you don't deserve the show if you do that um we don't we don't need that no we don't we don't bully children yeah um let's let's stop that we did it enough to jake lloyd i think enough's enough um and when i say we i don't mean myself and you i I would say we were like five yeah um horrible trolls on the internet so yeah stop that stop being a jerk I, because I know we're, we're short on time today, I really, really, really want to talk about that one pivotal scene in Ooh. episode two. Oh, yeah. When we find out that Reva knows who Darth Vader is oh. and tells this to Obi-Wan, which apparently, question marks, apparently, I'm putting on a voice because I'm feel, I feel a lot of question marks about it. Um... Obi-Wan does not know that Anakin slash Vader is alive or is the same person, which is interesting to me because he does see the hologram where he says, rise, my apprentice, Lord Vader. Right. Um, in I like your pop suit impression. Thank you. Thank you. I really just kind of went for it. Maybe it's because my voice is like really shot after a whole week yeah. of screaming. Um, I have allergies. I, I can't really do a voice. So mm, I got you. it. I got the Palpatine one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that does happen. But maybe he was having a trauma response and he just has forgotten that whole thing, which, you know, I would genuinely believe. Yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, it's like how Grogu, yeah, right? Grogu 100%. forgot all of his training after Order 66. It's yeah. a trauma response. Trauma response. You know? So I would believe it if that was the case. And um, yeah, can you talk about how you felt when she said, 
Anakin Skywalker is alive? Well, first off, shout out to Reva and Moses Ingram, like, eating this role. She's scary. Yeah. And she is cool. Hot. (laughs) And I I, I love how she wants, uh, again, like, getting good graces with Vader. She's mad. She's like, I mean, by mad, I mean, like, cuckoo. Like, she is, for some reason that I think we are going to learn, she is pissed yeah uh, about about kenobi being alive still yeah um and i somebody at the sky talkers panel had mentioned maybe you know we saw order 66 at the beginning which like starting with that had me shooketh so brutal so you know brutal. we can't escape it and every may since um since the the siege of mandalore but somebody had said like maybe she was one of the padawans in the beginning and that you know obi-wan's message to everybody at the temple that says you know stay away from the temple uh it's a trap maybe that left those younglings there and and left reba reba stranded and so maybe that's why she holds a grudge against him i don't know i think like ultimately it is just like her wanting to get the favor of vader and she knows if she knows who anakin is then she knows who anakin's master previously was her brother his brother and therefore would want to take down like the ultimate Jedi essentially to be like, this is, yeah. this is my loyalty to you as I found the person that means the most to you and I'll bring them to you so you can do the honors. And we haven't seen Vader's side of things yet. Yeah. And I'm curious to see, does Vader know about Obi-Wan? Like is Reva, is Reva Ooh. just in the know, right? Is does Reva Obi- just the only one? Right. She's is she just it. trying to like kind of surprise, <laughs> surprise Vader like with a bow, a bow tied gift that says, hey, your master's alive. Here he is. I brought him to you. That would be all kinds of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so there's layers here. There's layers here. But I think, I think that scene was incredible. And I think also that scene, speaking of parallels, was an exact parallel of Vader walking around on the Death Star in the throne room and him going like you have a twin sister oh. you know like and then like luke is sitting there like behind a crate hiding and now here we have obi-wan hiding and like reva kind of creeping around same way vader does and she's like you know anakin skywalker he's alive i know you know that obi-wan or you should know that now yeah and it, the parallel there is very obvious and i love the way the camera zooms in on obi-wan and just sticks with him and like there's just such a clever shot and ewan plays that part in that shot so well the yeah. expression the realization dawning on him yeah is so powerful like your heart's racing as you watch it it is it is incredibly shocking and exciting and i wish i could have been in like a room full of people like watching that um because i think the energy would have just been like buzzing yeah. um but yeah like i i think it is a pretty incredible moment and it's really gonna propel us into these next handful of episodes as we continue to finish out this show um but i think we're kind of like running to the time that we have unfortunately we're like kind of a little short on time because we could go probably for a couple hours on this but is there anything you wanted to talk about before we like wrap up and and kind of pitch pitch forward here like yeah yeah we'll do some more more of a deep dive for future episodes like when we have the time and you know it's scheduled properly celebration has wiped me we are we really overbooked ourselves yeah but it was great like, it was we great had an awesome weekend you live and you learn but like yeah. wow and I, I spent too much money it's fine <laughs> yeah how am i gonna afford a celebration in london and like checks watch uh, well, like, 11, uh months. 11 months yeah. yeah 10 months almost we'll see. we'll see how that happens um there is one thing i want to mention which is actually right before reva tells obi-wan about anakin and it's the moment when obi-wan and leia i can't believe i'm saying that out loud 
Yeah. Obi-Wan and Leia are, you know, about to, Reva's about to come in the room and the way that like Leia kind of takes charge in that moment and like Obi-Wan's like, you remind me of somebody. Like you remind me, <gasps> you remind me of a, a woman I used to know. A leader. She was a leader. A leader. Hold on. Right. Hold on. Hold on. A leader. Uh-huh. It's fine. I'm just going to uh-huh. cry. I, it, it, again, and again, this is where I think it is very intentional, the words that they are writing. They could have said a senator. They could have said a politician. They could have said a queen. They could have right. said any of these titles that Padme has held. But no. He said a leader. Yeah. And that's maybe more powerful than any of those titles. I don't know. It's. It, I agree. It's. It speaks more volumes to Padme, who he's referencing, uh, it's to say also, that. It's also like a slight recontextualization of the character. And I mean slight because I think we, we um, you know, Luke is a hero and a Jedi. And Obi-Wan is a Jedi and a hero. And Padme is a queen and a senator. And Palpatine is the emperor and a Sith Lord. You know, that's not, that's not saying Luke is daring. Uh, Padme is a hardworking. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan is compassionate. And by saying that, like, Padme was a leader, like, speaks to who she is more than what she was, like, what she is. Right. And for me, like, as a fan of Padme and also a woman, um, like, that's why I keep coming back to here, just, like, the the, the humanization uh, in this particular sense, uh, really, really powerful. Yeah, and, like, how she's remembered. Right, she's, she's remembered, remembered as a leader. She's not remembered for being leader. just like a senator. She was somebody who led in all aspects of her life, and and right, and left an impact on the world around her. Right, it wasn't just like, oh, I served as a senator, and that was my role, and that's how yeah. I remember. Right, no, it's like, no, you had a good impact, a positive influence on people around you. We see that in Brotherhood. We see how Anakin sees Padme's selflessness, and how she will do anything to fight for the cause. Yeah, and you know, Leia's been put in good hands with like Bale and Brea and that gets passed down to Leia because of that still uh, even though she's got a little bit of a fiery spirit like Anakin oh my god she's which, per- she's perfect she's perfect I'm glad she's such a balance between the two you know mom and dad yeah it's not just like oh like Padme's a girl so she's like her mom it's like no she's like both her mom and her dad like she's got both characteristics right yeah she and well but she she's like the best of all worlds because she not only does she have the characteristics of like her birth parents you know anakin and padme but she is also i mean like she's such a go-getter in the same way that bail is but she also yeah. knows when she needs to step back or reframe herself in a way um like like you know and she she taught that she could learn that from bail and you go back to a book like leia which features Leia at age 16 um and you see how her parents are uh dealing with the formation of the rebellion while being in the the imperial senate and trying to navigate and like live a double life so that they can continue to like form this rebellion and you can see where Leia gets a lot of that um in Bail and Breha as well yeah. and um it's it's really really powerful to see Leia at different points of her life like we really see Leia now as a young child a teen in the book a young 20 something in the original trilogy and then you know um a bit older like new republic senator in bloodline and then to the Leia at the end of her life in the sequel trilogy 
And Leia and Rebels. And Leia and Rebels. Oh, yeah. How can I forget Leia and Rebels? Um, Great characterization there as well. And, and, and you, could, you can see who she is throughout the course of her life. And I just, I'm, and I, I'm coming back around so much on Leia. Not that I ever had like any problems with Leia, but I think I really struggled with Leia's characterization at the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and so I'm coming back around on Leia big time and just like, like the, the cage in my heart, like, like I, I made a cage in my heart around my love for Leia, like after the rise of Skywalker, because I did not love that storyline for her. And also I feel it's difficult like because it's not Carrie, you know, yeah, necessarily. Yeah. And I feel like I'm starting to unlock that cage and fall in love with her again. And like, <laughs> I'm fine, but I'm also just like really emotional about it. Yeah. Like this character means a lot to me and has meant a lot to me. And like, I really did put a lot of that away for a long time. And like, I, I feel like I'm getting back to that again. And yeah. it's really powerful to like feel that again about this character. Um, and like feel it about this character in a different point of her life because general Leia, I'm in love with her. Like oh, she yeah. is so powerful and Last Jedi Leia is like just so good. She she's, it's all the same character, but like her in that movie is just so good. And Jason Fry's novelization and yeah. how he talks about the force in her is is the only way that I see her is like the purest form of her. And and to see her as a kid, um, and see where she gets all of that is like the most it's so important to me as a fan. Um Ah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Can you tell I've been going for a week without any sort of sleep? Yeah, we're delirious. But like, but, but I'm, we got but Kenobi I'm, fever. But I'm also really, really serious about that. Um, yeah, it's really wonderful. Uh, yeah, and I, I think really that is the that's the pull for me with the show. Like, I love Obi Wan so much, but Leia being in the show is just such a such a twist, such a a pleasantry. It's just like. Obi-Wan saving Anakin's daughter while also Anakin is on the hunt for him. Like you, like 2005 me could never believe that would be that would be happening. Where do we go from here, Brad? I don't know. We saw we saw Vader in the tank. Yeah. And Christensen. I think episode 3 is going to like open with Vader open, or a Vader yeah. flashback. The dressing scene, Reva killed or as, at least we think. Yeah, Reva, Reva did a little stabby stab yeah. in the gut of uh, the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, very shocking. Yeah. Right? Uh, I have no idea where this is in the timeline. Is this at the end of the Grand Inquisitor story, or does he have more to say? I mean, he is in Rebels, but... But where is the timeline in all this? Like, I, This is why I need the Star Wars timelines books from, yeah. from DK like right now and not in November. There are things worse than death. Not knowing the timeline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, no, I believe he I believe this takes place before Rebels. Okay. We'll have to, this we'll is have to ten check years the, after Rots. We'll have to check the Wikipedia, so yeah. I'm not making a fool of myself on the reg. Because Rebels Leia is like in her high teens. So Yeah. Anything left from you, Sarah? Anything you think's next to keep an eye on? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. Be worried for him. Yeah. I don't know. I'm worried for him. Well, we'll be back later this week. Again, a little bit of an impromptu episode. And we wanted to get it out before it's completely irrelevant. So <laughs> until episode three, just like boggles our mind even more. So um, I'm excited for the Vader dressing scene. That's what I want. Some crazy Natalie Holt music over it too. Like some yeah. weird shit. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Count like, me in. Like Dark Trooper style. No. Yeah. No. Give me the EDM music. No dubstep. Please. No dubstep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode. Again, as always, you can find us on Twitter instagram and youtube and 
that's where Sarah and I are as well on Twitter. Hear all of our thoughts, see our experiences from Celebration this weekend. And we hope any of you who went had a great time and hope you enjoyed Kenobi as much as we did. And again, we'll be diving into it even more ad nauseum uh, in the weeks ahead. Yeah. And so, if we saw you at Celebration, see you on the internet until the next one. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately on the internet. Um, well, until next time, everybody, may the force be with you always. Bye.